Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Progressive Overload Podcast. Have you ever thought about strengthening multiple areas of your life at the same time? Then you've come to the right place. Our goal is to help you identify ways that you might need a progressive overload to break through those plateaus and keep you growing. What's up, Progressive Overload Podcast? We are so excited to be with you this day, and we are excited to have another guest on our podcast. Everybody, welcome Mrs. Veronica Umholtz. Hi, all. Thanks for having me. Yes, we're so excited to have her. Uh, you know, this whole, or this is episode 41 or 42. Is it really? Yeah, dude. And uh, we have not had a female perspective on it yet. That's and true. so <laughs> very excited to have that and and uh, just kind of learn from her. She is a certified personal trainer, certified uh, corrective exercise specialist, and a bunch of other things. And, and I've really enjoyed getting to know her and her her take on fitness. Uh, she is training at Swan Family Wellness Center now. And so if you are local and you would love to work with her after this episode goes drops, you know where to find her. Um, and so Veronica, tell us a little bit kind of how your background in fitness, like when you got started, what just uh, what's yeah. a quick little synopsis on your, your personal story? My personal story with fitness is really just having um, like an older parents. Um, okay. My family had us late in life and it gotcha. was always really difficult for her to move being overweight and type 2 diabetes. Ah. And as time went on, I knew that I didn't know what I wanted as far as fitness, but gotcha. I knew I didn't want that. Right. So um, it was been a lot of trial and error. Um, I really started probably about 15 years ago. My mother-in-law was a bodybuilder. My father-in-law oh, no was way. a cop. Okay. And my husband left for the military. So oh, that man. left me with a lot of time on my hands. Sure. Right. So I went to the gym with him and okay. he was my workout buddy and he wouldn't cool. let us leave until we hit a certain amount. <laughs> yeah. So cool. I really learned everything from them and, and just fell in love with it in a way that I didn't think I, right. I would. I've never considered myself an athlete. Mm -hmm. I've never considered myself to be coordinated or into sports or anything like that. So uh, lifting some heavy stuff was exciting for me. Right. That's awesome. I that love is, that. Yeah. Well, uh, obviously thank you to your husband for, and, and you for mm -hmm. all the sacrifices made for us. That's, uh, can never go uh, unthinked. Yeah. That's right. And I can relate to being unathletic and uncool, you know, <laughs> all of those things. So, right. Tyson is the resident athlete in the room. So, yeah. <laughs> and honestly, I didn't become an athlete until after high school either. Right. So, oh. yeah, I wasn't really into the to the uh, team sport thing. Mm -hmm. um, I, and kind of like you, too, I didn't I didn't fit in a whole lot with the uh, the whole aspect of of the pressure of competition between the, the team and all yeah. that kind right. of thing. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I didn't get along with the coaches all that well. Either, <laughs> yeah, so. I've heard some stories. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, cool. Um, so how long have you been a trained or certified? How long have I been certified? So I got my certification back in 2000 and either 18 or 19, honestly, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. And I was a stay at home mom at the time and I just yeah. took a few handful of clients, um, out of my gym, out of the garage oh, gym. Nice. Um, and then when COVID hit, there were a few people that, wanted to continue working out and continue in the fitness journey, mm -hmm. but obviously didn't want to go to a commercial gym. And there right. were times when gyms weren't even open. Ah. So uh, part of the workout would be hauling dumbbells to the park. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> right. we would go right. there and we would work out at the park. And I did small exercise groups that 
used a tape measure and taped everyone six feet away in mm. our oh local park. gosh yeah so we do s- some group training there as well yeah, yeah. when we shut that aren't shut down our gym i i might have made some house calls during that or yeah or uh yeah or maybe i didn't nobody will know <laughs> i but, know uh, <laughs> No, I'm just joking. Uh, man, that was a tough time for trainers. Uh, well, yeah, for absolutely. everybody, obviously. Yeah. yeah. But the fitness industry, I would think, especially with the garage gym and that whole thing, it really blew up. I absolutely. Know, yeah. Unfortunate for me, though, because I really wanted, like, uh, weights and all that stuff, and it doubled in price. And now mm-hmm. the prices have remained that They've way. I couldn't even find them yeah. to order yeah. for yeah, the longest yeah, for time. Sure. Especially, was out. Yeah, in the height of COVID, for sure. Mm-hmm. But even now, it seems like the, the price is hiked up, and they just stayed up there. Right, right. So, You know what pisses me off? Oh. Is the way mainstream marketing goes to females. The way they mm. market fitness to females. Sure. Yeah. There's, there's so much just junk out there that has caused so much damage mm-hmm. to men also, of course. But the way they market to female, they package the – I mean, we'll get into it, obviously, here in sure. a little bit. But they the way they package – fitness is is this pink and dainty and mm-hmm. let's elongate the muscle and stuff like that toning and yes yes i like that voice joe i know keep <laughs> using that that's my sensitive <laughs> voice yeah when in reality it's 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 so much more than that and and whenever they fall to these these marketing schemes it creates unhealthy relationships with food unhealthy relationships with exercise unhealthy relationships period and so it's kind of what we wanted to bring you on today and and talk about you you've been a part of that you've you've seen that you've been marketed towards that way absolutely and uh so let's just knock let's just start off with that like what's one of the main uh lies that the fitness industry tells women that you can think yeah of. well definitely um the toning thing like yeah. if the minute you lift a dumbbell that's five pounds you're going to turn into arnold and we know that that's just not <laughs> right, true right you're not going to be a race car driver from stepping behind a, a wheel of a car you're it's not exactly. going to be a bodybuilder the minute you touch a weight right right that's that. not how it works and no. for people looking for that aesthetic uh we know exactly how that doesn't work mm-hmm. <laughs> so because that's something that you strive for and you work really hard for yeah. Um, I think personally, I've been on both sides of the spectrum. I've been yeah. um, too heavy. I've been underweight. Now I'm somewhere in between. And I definitely fell victim to that 1,200, 1,300 calorie lie that we're always told right. for women to lose weight. Right. And looking at weight on a scale as opposed to fat loss, thinking about weight loss. Uh Um, And now I know that the scale doesn't tell the whole story. And that's something that I definitely try to tell to my other female clients and females in general, because weight loss by any means is not healthy. And if you're trying to pursue health, just losing weight on the scale is not going to be the answer. Yeah. I like that statement. The scale does not tell the whole story. Mm -hmm. It's a really good statement for everybody, for men, for women, um, because you know, men can get caught in that sometimes as well. And, um, but yeah, certainly for women, I I really like that statement. The scale doesn't tell the whole story. It's a very tiny piece of the puzzle. Right. Yeah. And, uh, go ahead. To your point too, do you think that a lot of the, the cardio fitness industry is really geared towards women too? Oh, definitely. Because that's the fear of getting bulky. Right. Mm -hmm. So they're like, well, I'll just, I'll just do a bunch of cardio and that way I'll just lean out 
um, instead of get bulky or put mm-hmm. on too much muscle. Um, and obviously, you know that that's not helpful either. So that's yeah. definitely another lie. I would say that the fitness industry tells. I have seen recent years more and more women coming to the gym, though. And I do think there is a little bit of media to thank for that as they promote more women who aren't afraid of looking bulky, mm-hmm. who aren't afraid of putting on yeah. some muscle mass. And people are like, well, I could do that, too. Uh-huh. Um, so I have seen more of younger women in the gym than ever before. And it, I think that's really exciting. For sure. You're, we're starting to see the the shift a little bit. And like we talked about a couple episodes ago is CrossFit was a huge yeah. thing to deal with it. Is yeah. They, they kind of made lifting cool again for mm-hmm. females. And, mm-hmm. and luckily we, they're not, uh, and we, they're not just doing CrossFit now. And, you know, we, we see tons of women working out. One of the biggest misconceptions that I hear is that lot of reps lightweight lot of reps that's mm-hmm. for toning mm-hmm. and lifting heavy is for bulking right. yeah right so what, what do you what how, how does that make you feel how does that make you feel <laughs> sounds like a therapist yeah <laughs> tell how's me that how that makes you feel <laughs> the gym is therapy so right, that's <laughs> right amen um i it, I think it can be frustrating because everybody's goals can be different. Right. So I feel like it depends what client you have, their abilities. I don't think that that's the answer for everyone, but it could be the answer for some people. Yeah. Um, so it's also not incorrect for everybody mm-hmm. either. Right. Um, what I try to tell most of my clients who are looking to gain strength is you've got to push yourself a little bit farther than what you would do normally. And as the podcast is called progressive overload, that's what we work on. It's over time. We're adding more weight and we're pushing ourselves a little bit more and that's how we're gaining strength and we're gaining muscle. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's the intimidating part for some people though, is, is like what you said, it's so individualized, Mm -hmm. like everything it's, you know, well, what do I need to do? We well, it depends. That's answer, always right? that's the it always depends. answer. It depends. It's true though, and and it's, it's the truth. But it's it makes it hard for you know yeah. the person to actually just want to jump into it because they're like, well, if it doesn't work for me, how do I find out what's for me? Right. And right. of course, in my opinion, the answer is we'll find somebody who knows what they're talking about. In trial and error. Yeah. Like if yeah. it doesn't yeah. work for that's you, try something else. Right. Very much true. Just yeah. keep moving moving through that spectrum of things because there's a lot of different tools in the gym to use, right. and yeah. a lot of different perspectives. You know from female trainers to male trainers to, you know, how a program should affect your body. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of our bodies will respond differently to the same program. You yeah. know, all yeah. four of us could get on the same program and it would do something different to each one of us. Absolutely. And so that's a, that's just important for people to hear and hear right. more often than they do. Right. Sure. Exactly. So. Well, I mean, a lot of, a lot of lies out there are they're selling programs that are specific to men yeah. or sp- specific to women. Um, and just like we just talked about, it's individual, it goes down to the individual, not mm-hmm. the sex. And of course, you know, we'll, we'll get into it here in a second, but there are considerations we have to make when we're programming for a female that we don't have to make when we're programming for a male. Um, yeah. but it's, it goes, it all goes down to the individual. So find a coach, find somebody that knows what they're doing, do your own research and trial and error. It's a yeah, process. and you can fire your coach if it's something sure. that you don't feel like their yeah. philosophy is working for you, exactly, or yeah. you don't go with it. Like you don't have to stick with that person. Yeah. Well, and I could also say you'll you can outgrow your coach too. Mm-hmm. Oh, agreed. you could you can reach you can reach the threshold of mm-hmm. like I can take over from here. I know enough exactly. now. Yeah, and not all coaches are created equal. And I've said that a lot of times too. The way I train and what I'm passionate about 
for training people and educating people on is not the same way that I train myself. Sure, certainly. Like, and we got to take that into consideration. And I don't think that a lot of trainers and coaches do that. They want to train people the way that they train in the gym. And that's not always going to be the case. That's true in the fighting world too. Yeah. There's, there's definitely a possibility of outgrowing your, your martial arts coach and and your jujitsu coach and needing a new style or finding something fresh. Mm -hmm. Um, I think sometimes there's a, uh, a stigma of loyalty that's there for some people like, well, I'm a part of this family. I have to be here forever. Absolutely. Right. But well, I think that's the biggest reason why a lot of people start an exercise regimen or program. That's why CrossFit was so popular mm-hmm. is it wasn't CrossFit itself that people were seeking out. It's community. Sure. Exactly. And the same thing right. with MMA gym. It's the belong. same thing with like any gym. Right. Like it's a sense of belonging sure. and a sense of being in a place where people are going to miss you when you're not there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think there is a definite sense of loyalty and you don't want to mess with your sense of belonging. You don't right. want to mess with your home, so to speak. Sure. Right. right. So when I'm, when I'm programming for a female and I want you to tell me the answer to this, how should I take certain female, I'm trying to think, uh, aspects into consideration when I'm building that program? So like, how should I adjust a program to fit their menstrual cycle? Honestly, I think that you would have to build a certain rapport with your client, obviously, to get that information. Right. And then that's not just something for you as a male. That's something for me as a female, too. Of course. There are women that are more open to talking about their actual health and not just the menstrual cycle and stuff like that, but eating habits Mm -hmm. and exercise habits in general. Um, I think a lot of coaches will agree that we don't get the whole truth. Right. Um, We get what they think they are are supposed to say what they think we want to hear. And so if we ask if they're tired and how they're feeling, most of the time they're going to say, I feel fine. Gotcha. I feel good. And I think that, um, a lot of times women in the fitness industry, people who have been working out for a long period of time have been told to completely ignore their cycle right completely ignore any symptoms or hormonal changes or anything mm-hmm. act like it doesn't exist mm-hmm. want to know why because we don't want to be treated differently right. than our male counterparts in the gym mm-hmm. gotcha so we just ignore when we're tired we push through it and that can also cause more damage than actual it is making us stronger and anything like that okay. yeah so um there are certain things to consider when a woman is on different cycles is eating habits are going to change. Yeah. Obviously, um there are times we're going to need more fuel than we normally do. Okay. And I think that is a big one because if we are listening to that 1200 calorie deficit right. lie, um they may find be even more frustrated with lack of results in the gym. Yeah. There's going to be a period of time where you're going to weigh more on the scale and it has nothing to do with body fat. Yeah. And yeah. I think that all this gets jumbled it just gets disregarded right. because they think that they've done something wrong. They think they're hungrier and they don't know why. And they're thinking they're messing up and it mm. causes frustration. And that's a period of time where people quit. Yeah, that's good. So just be open. If you're, if you're being coached by somebody, be open with them. Like in my experience, most of my clients are way more open than I even asked them to be. <laughs> and I get, I get details that make me blush sometimes yeah. and that's fine. You're so uh, easy to I, talk to. I know. You know what? It's, it's me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it happens pretty often actually, but adjusting. So I, I know that like low carb diets typically do not work well for the fe- female hormone profile. Mm-hmm. Um, 
do you know much about that or uh, do you coach that very often well we've talked about this a little bit um i do overall coaching as far as food and food intake yeah um obviously it's beyond my scope to prescribe any sort of diet or prescribe any sort of thing again i feel like this relies on the individual i feel better myself when i'm eating more of a low carb diet Mm -hmm. um Again, not to say all the time, there are definitely times in my cycle where I know that I need more energy right, and I right. know that I need more carbs, right. but that's from listening to my body and mm-hmm. learning over time that trial and error, what I need and how yeah. I'm going to feel my best. Yeah. And if I don't get it, my workout suffers, my sleep suffers, everything suffers and it's not great. Yeah. Um, I don't really, I, when I talk to women about what they're eating, what I find is nine times out of 10, they're not eating much of anything. And Mm -hmm. so um, they have this food fear, this fear of eating too much. So they go the other way and they eat too little. And then they wonder why they're not making any gains in the gym, why they're not feeling stronger. And it's because we're eating so little because we're so afraid of gaining any sort of weight. Mm -hmm. Um, So what I do isn't really breaking it down into what to eat and what not to eat. I just want them to eat steadily. So I'm just like, how many meals have you had today? How much water have you had today? Let's add in another meal. So I really try hard to add more stuff in and talk about adding in rather than subtracting. So I'm going to talk about adding in more vegetables. I'm going to talk in about adding in more things rather than taking things away. Um, I did have a client recently be like, oh, well, I do have a glass of wine at night. That's absolutely fine. I'm not going to tell you that you can't have that. And I think that's what people have come to expect from trainers is to hear, no, 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 don't Mm -hmm. do that. Don't do that. And I'm like, do it. Because at the end of the day, if that's part of your schedule, it's part of your routine, taking it out could probably disrupt a lot more things than just what you're eating. It could disrupt just your peas and it could disrupt your schedule and getting ready for bed and mm-hmm. how you're sleeping and a, a lot of things. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I would coach just adding in more water maybe instead of taking away anything to I your point, that. to your point, working with female fighters, especially when they're cutting weight for an event, Yeah. you know, their water intake and everything else. And then they're, you know, they're so worried about that final, that weigh in day, that yeah. number where they're not eating anything at all. Sometimes, exactly. at least in the experience of one individual that I was working with. Yeah. And uh, that was exactly it. It's just like, no, you have to. We got, we got two a days. Yeah. We got right. two a days coming right. up. You can't be passing out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was totally like, no, we need to eat more. And, and it, the weight will come off, especially if we just follow the protocol, just trust the program. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't have much experience um, in the fighting world at all, but I have worked with a few people who have done uh, bodybuilding competitions, Mm -hmm. bikini competitions, and things like that, and that is extreme. Um, And I think that's why when we are meeting new people and new clients, we need to talk about what their idea of health is because everyone's idea of health is different. And I think at the end of the day, if you're cutting out salt and you're Mm -hmm. cutting water to be on a stage for a day, I'm never going to call that healthy. If that's something that you want to sacrifice because you have a passion for that and that's what you want to do, that's fine. But I'm not going to promote that as healthy. Yeah, it's the worst part of the sport. But Mm -hmm. once again, it's a part of the sport. Right. So you have to get good at it. And athletes are treated differently. And we have to say that too. I mean, all athletes Mm -hmm. have done things that I wouldn't consider healthy. But everyone also agrees when they're in the gym, they're trying to be healthy. So there's a little bit of a discrepancy. So I'm thinking about what you're saying about food and you say they don't, they're maybe your female clients are not eating much of anything. Right. Because I feel like, and then 
you say they don't give you the whole truth with their overall health. Um, whereas, you know, maybe in Joe's case they do, but, um, I think about the word shame and the word that associate, we, we associate shaming with food. We associate shaming Mm -hmm. with our overall health. We associate shame with a whole bunch of things that we probably shouldn't. Absolutely. And that gets us into so much trouble, whether it's men or women, but how do you address that as a trainer, you know, to, to build that rapport with them? What do you do? What are some of the things that you might do? Well, honestly, my personal experience with it, I know that when I was under eating and I was ready to sacrifice all health for a smaller number on the scale at one point in my life, I had a lot of morality attached to food. I had a lot of morality attached to how much I exercised. And to the point, I would judge other people for what was in their cart. I would judge other people on how much I saw them at the gym. And I just know that I wouldn't want anyone to look at me that way. Right. And so my mindset has completely changed, probably somewhere around having children and switching an aesthetic for health. It changes your motivation for everything. Absolutely. But I think what I've told a lot of people is we're really going to divorce the idea of our routine to morality. There's no morality in food. You're not a better yes. person for how you eat. Right. Yeah. And like, there's just not, it's like just we're fuel. all just doing the best yeah. we can. Yeah. And you're not a better person. If you go to three exercises classes a day versus right. one person who's just trying to get in yeah. barely during a lunch break, Exactly. like there's just no morality in it. Yeah. And I think when we start to put morality in it is where things get dicey. Mm. And yeah. that's where that shame comes from. They feel like they're doing something wrong. They're failing on a fundamental level. If you can't even get your food right. But what does that mean? Right. It's like, and I really didn't even realize I hung on to a lot of morality attached to food until like our income changed. And I used to like, everything was free ranged. Everything was grass fed. (laughs) Mm. We, we got everything from farmer's markets and then our finances changed. We moved and I'm like, Oh Mm. my goodness. And that also calls to question money, right? It all comes down Mm -hmm. to money. What can you afford? And that's, a huge topic probably for another day is yeah, right. can you afford to be healthy yeah, right, right. and what is healthy? That so is people are saying that, is that this is the morality. Can you afford that right. morality? You right. buy that morality? <laughs> like that's yeah. yeah, that's, that's like, no, actually our second most uh, un- shameful plug here, not shameful plug. What's the word? Shameless, shameless plug. That's oh, it. Yeah. Shameless plug. The here. opposite of what you were trying to say. <laughs> our second most, shared and listened to episode is called the moraliza- moralization of food yeah and so uh, it's a super hot topic and and um so if you haven't listened to that one go check it out um how tyson you and i were discussing how much you wish you could be a pelvic floor therapist yeah <laughs> yeah uh, mainly just because there's there's such money good in money in it yeah. um and so that's another major consideration that we have to take for you know the 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 rebuilding of the pelvic floor after uh you know birthing a child um absolutely do you have you had to do that much so i really haven't had to do much of that myself as far as training um or even for me personally after having right. two children i think that it's something that's very neglected though uh-huh. and i think that women have a lot of difficulties with things that it's again shameful to talk about because you feel like you've failed on some level you've done something wrong right. you're not taking care of yourself or just society makes it like a very hush hush kind of thing, right. just like menstrual cycles, mm, like right. which it shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, it's a part of life, and I think that we've really neglected women in care in general after you have a baby, and just flat For out sure. in general, we've neglected mental health. We've are 
giving this woman who's just had a baby. We're like, here's a brand new baby. Go take care of that. And at this time, there's no time to take care of yourself. But we're like, don't forget to take care of yourself. Okay, well, how do I do that? You're not giving me any practical way Mm -hmm. to actually do that. So uh, I don't have the exact studies on me, but research has shown at this time it's very – it's a very high time for women to develop infections. It's a high time for women to um, develop, obviously, postpartum depression. And it sets a tone for all of your postpartum yeah. issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and women, even with checkups after the doctor, a lot of times pelvic floor is never discussed. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even until my second child I even realized there are like if I exercise too soon after my C-section, I could have very dangerous repercussions. Mm, right. They don't tell you those right, things. Right. And I was like, how am I just now learning this after a second child? Yeah. If I lift too heavy too soon, that there could be a prolapse. Mm-hmm. Like, why is no one telling me well, this? Well, unfortunately, I think a, people people think that our, our doctors and our modern science is top, like, cutting edge. They right. know everything. Right. And it's right. their responsibility to tell us, you know. But a lot of times, unfortunately, they don't know either. Yeah, yeah. that makes they're lear- They're learning these things, too. So, you know, it's, it's just part of the, it's part of the game. And, and I think it's important for us to do our own research when it comes to these types of things. Absolutely. Too, you know? Yeah. That's funny you say that. Cause you know, we work in a hospital setting and mm-hmm. so we, we work with physicians and we talk to them every day and stuff like that. And so it's, and I'm not speaking badly about any of our physicians sure. at all, but you realize they're just humans. They're human. They're people. They're humans that yeah. Went, yeah. went to school a little bit, lo- a lot longer than us. Sure. Um, but man, they, they make mistakes all the yeah. time. And, and so, uh, I don't know, that's not even related, but I, I've, I've had that realization right. recently, especially talking to my wife, who's a nurse and mm-hmm. some mm. dealings that she had and, you know, and anyways, uh, yeah, I, I had the same realization. Yeah. It's like, they're not supercomputers that have all the answers, right. you know, they're just trying to figure right. it out. And yeah. I think it also comes down to the rapport that you have with your doctor too. Again, if you're not telling your coaches things, maybe you're not telling your doctor things. As There's well. that too. And, and it's because it comes down to take care of yourself. Oh, he's going to think I'm not taking care of myself. So. Right. Well, and also, too, you know, that. like when you go see your doctor and stuff, you think they have all the answers mm-hmm. to That's nutrition. True. And to yeah. I've been to some doctors. They still have the geez. food pyramid on the yeah. wall, you know, and you're Don't thinking. started on that. Well, yeah. we know now that, like, most doctors only get, like, a few weeks of nutrition. Exactly. Yeah. At all. Exactly. But most people don't know that. Yeah. Or, or yeah. you know. So I think you're looking for answers. Sometimes they don't have. Yeah. Right. That's a good point. One of the biggest pieces of advice that I give someone who's pregnant and then also postpartum is the importance of strengthening your transverse abdominis, the TVA. Mm-hmm. That's that muscle that splits open whenever their mm-hmm. belly grows. Yep. And um, getting that reconnected is so important. But keeping that strong and keeping your pelvic floor muscle strong is going to make birth actually so much better. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I don't know that. But I was going to say, that. we <laughs> had no experience <laughs> no. in that. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't really either. I had two C-sections. Yeah, so right, right. <laughs> who can know? But I yeah. heard the same thing. Uh-huh. So maybe yeah. there's some truth in it. I've yeah. said it before, but I'll say it again. It is so hard being a woman. Like, I feel I feel so sorry for y'all I sometimes. I think we can all agree <laughs> on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all are tough. Y'all get a round of applause. So much respect for, yeah, for, for women. Sure. For sure. So the, the, the TVA is the transverse abdominis. The, one of the best ways that you can strengthen that is by stomach vacuums. Have y'all ever done stomach mm-hmm. vacuums? Yeah. So, uh, I'm not very good at it. I, I've practiced a little bit, um, but females, tr- 
do that. Look up YouTube videos on the stomach right. vacuum. You got some explaining to do because I have no idea yeah. what you're talking about. So, have you so ever- basically, you're going to like sit up straight and you're going to be sucking in your stomach okay. and then you're letting it out slowly and you're going to be doing it over and over. Okay. Um, what this can do is a great exercise to help fix diastasis is basically mm-hmm. what you're talking about. Diastasis is um, after childbirth. I mean, you can do it. You can have it from other things, but it's most commonly linked to childbirth because it's that separation of the abdomen walls that may not go back right away after childbirth. And it can depend on the size of the baby and how much stretching is done and whatever. I still have a little bit like sometimes it it's just going to be there. But they're going back to normal or what most people consider ab exercises um, can actually make it worse. Right. So I think that's important to let your postpartum clients know as well that if they do have some diastasis or separation of the abs, we may not be doing regular ab exercises. Exactly right. Yeah. Doing isometric stuff is, is a lot better than, than do just repping out sit-ups and stuff like Absolutely. that. So do some isometric holds like bolt holds or, or plank poses and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Okay. Um, which is a, a great transition to the next one that I wanted to talk about is female, uh, the, the fitness market, puts an overemphasis on ab exercises. Yeah. Like you just see like there's a, I'm thinking about the gym that I go to in Wichita. There's this other room that's basically just people use for core exercises. Mm -hmm. And it's always just all, always filled with women in there just doing hundreds and hundreds of reps of crunches and bicycle Mm -hmm. crunches and sit-ups and all that stuff, which have their place, but I just think they've been put way higher on the pedestal than where they should be. Yeah, I don't even think it's just women too. I think that there's this, um, there's this overall focus on having a six pack or having right. flat stomach. Mm-hmm. And as for women, I mean, having a six pack in general is either you're you're an anomaly through DNA, yeah, um, or you're really very low body fat, which I wouldn't consider healthy no. for a woman. Um, yeah. men also have this really of intense course. pressure to have like a six pack yeah. or to have like abs or whatever. And, um, for men it's probably a little bit more achievable, but it isn't a base of a basis of health. It isn't mm-hmm. a health marker. Right, right. So, um, if you're looking for a certain aesthetic by any means, chase it. But I always have kind of thought getting more and more into fitness. And I do tell my clients too, I'm like, you get fit in the gym. If you want abs, you get those in the kitchen. Right, like that's how you eat. That's how what you're putting in your body. Um, most trainers for women too, if that is an aesthetic that you're trying to reach, they don't really do a lot of traditional ab exercises mm-hmm. because if, for example, um, if you're going to do any sort of bodybuilding show or anything like that, it can make you look too bulky. It can yeah. make you look bigger, especially if you're training those obliques. It'll uh-huh. give you this box kind wider. of shape. Yeah. So instead of doing traditional ab stuff, what they do is isometric holds. What they do is watch what they're eating, and they're right. eating a very specific way to get that like cut kind of look and that V look rather than the box right. shape. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I've been doing it wrong. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Just yeah. going to throw that out. No side bend. Sorry. <laughs> All right. One of one of my favorite episodes that we've done, uh, I talked about how there were more millionaires in the world than there were who people who had abs. And I remember, I'll never forget Adam's response was, oh, good, that gives me hope that one day I'll be a millionaire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can't have one, I'll have the other. Yeah. That's right. I love that. Yeah, there's no pressure here to, to get a six-pack, so. No. Yeah, that's fine. Freaking Tyson, I like two hours ago, I was like, Tyson, we're wearing our Halloween costumes to work. 
I don't want you to wear your fighter's outfit. He's like, no, I'm fat right now. Fat right. I'm out of camp. I wanted no. to punch you in the face. Come on. <laughs> I had pasta for lunch. That, times are good right now. Times are good. <laughs> that brings me to like an, another thing that I've thought of a lot too. Um, had, did you ever feel like you had to look a certain way to be a trainer? Oh, yeah. Dude, I've fought that since day one, man. Because I've never yeah. been, I've never been, I mean, in skinny in quotation marks. I've always been a big dude. Um, I mean, I've always had that identity anyways. Uh, <clears throat> but I, I, it's it's held me back from being the trainer that I should be. I mean, just the doubt in my mind, the the constant, like, you're you're too fat to do this and and so it's it's made me question everything in my yeah, and, and what definitely i do been there it's, as well but uh i mean i've been doing it for eight years and i've been able to pay all my bills so i defended you i defended you the other day about that okay. to somebody <laughs> yep, well, well, sure thank did. You. Some, sure somebody did. was talking crap about me well people regret that when they do that in front of me so <laughs> no they <laughs> didn't happen very long but right. but yeah man it, you have you have their credentials. It's on the wall in your office, right, right. Or, you know, at the wellness center. Right. Like, you didn't earn that just by going and paying money. You you learned the knowledge it took yeah, and passed the test. Sure. Right. Yeah. So many people judge a book by its cover. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. And that, and especially for women, um, I've definitely dealt with that myself. And that there's that pressure, especially after pregnancy and hormonal changes and things that happen. Yeah to bounce back right away because we're worried mm-hmm. that somebody's not going to see us as qualified right. because we just had a baby and we don't look the way we're supposed to look or maybe we're older and we're, you know, we're having hot flashes and we're not sleeping well and yeah. things are going crazy there. Like, and, but people expect us to look a certain way and behave a certain way, have that kind of energy. Mm-hmm. And when we don't, we feel like we've done something wrong or maybe we're not going to be, um, looked at as knowledgeable in that right. way. Why do we right. do that in the fitness industry, but not in any other industry? Right. <laughs> we don't go yeah. into another place and look at a person and go, you're disqualified because you don't look the part. Look right. the part. I mean, I have heard people say that about doctors and nurses too. Like if they don't look fit or yeah. healthy, they're like, how can you give me any sort of advice on this? Right. I, so. It does happen, but mm-hmm. it's less likely to happen right. than in the fitness for sure. industry for sure. But uh, anyway, um, okay. So why are dumbbells pink for women? <laughs> that's a it's just a random question i honestly feel like it's um well i mean some people call it the pink tax like mm-hmm. you, you get charged more for things that are geared towards a certain sex oh, and wow. that's not that's just so true. i mean it's not just women um there are definitely men it's like fancy shaving products and stuff like that right. um mm-hmm. like brushes like you're gonna charge more for that than you would other stuff um but yeah the pretty pink dumbbells and there's like I mean, I'm not going to name certain brands, but there's definitely ones that are like gold and shiny. Uh-huh. They're the same. It's they marketing. work the same thing as any rusty thing you can pick up in the driveway. Right. Like if it weighs right. the same, it weighs the same. You're gonna, you're not gonna get any stronger. I don't know why y'all are dogging my dumbbells right now. <laughs> yeah, so that's right. Yeah, I'm not gonna tell you you got the wrong ones. Jeez. <laughs> I'm going for tone, not for yeah. bold. <laughs> right. If they're Hi not that. pink, I'm gonna look like. That's Arnold. what we need. Though. We need pink. 80 pound dumbbells. Okay, let's do let's it. Let's do that. Why I'll 80? Them. Let's go hunting. Let's go for the hundreds. <laughs> yeah, hundreds. That's right. Let's do that. I, I see this all the time in the wellness center is uh, there'll be a couple guys working out and a female will come in and she'll go grab her five, 10 pound dumbbells and she'll go Nothing to the higher. other side of the gym, get in the corner and she'll do her whole workout right there. 
And I just want to go over there and say, you have just as much right in that space over there as they do. Mm -hmm. Kick them Mm -hmm. out of the way if you have to. Like, so I'm sure you see that a lot too. Yeah. Um, I think that women have been taught for a long time, whether it's obviously an actual spoken to telling them to be less and take up less space or whether it's an overall just kind of feeling society puts on us. We've been taught to be smaller and that we need to take up less space and that we need to be accommodating to everyone around us. Mm -hmm. And I think that is something that's taught to little girls that isn't taught to little boys. Boys will be boys. Girls are taught to be accommodating. Um, So that's why a lot of us don't stand up for ourselves. We've Mm -hmm. never been taught to stand up for ourselves. And that's why we worry about taking up too much space. We worry about being in someone's way a lot more than a man would worry about being in someone's way. Um, Not that they're not worried about it, but I think it's something that we just think about more than men typically do. So yeah, you're probably going to see a lot more women hiding in the corner than you would a man going hiding in the corner. Although I have seen that a little bit with um, men who are overweight and just getting into the gym and they feel like they have less right to the dumbbells and less right to space than fitter people. So yeah. that's like something that they can talk about as well. Yeah. No, you're a paying member. You have as much right to Absolutely. every single square inch of that facility as anybody else does. I think what most people find too, is most people who are lifting they're most of the time they're humble people. Yeah. yeah. And, and they're more than happy to move out of the way, especially in Such our gym a good point. Yeah. Especially in our gym. How often do you, you know, someone will have their headphones in and be like, hey, are you using this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, not like, give me that. Right, you know? right. It's, I I think there's a misconception of meatheads these days. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do too. Things, yeah. People are nice. Yeah. Well, I, I I honestly believe that there's nobody lifting really heavy stuff that isn't fighting some personal demons. Exactly. <laughs> there's nobody out there just like getting in the gym that yeah. isn't having something, some sort of mental health, mm-hmm. physical yeah. health. They're trying to do something for themselves there. Most of the time yeah. they're humble and they'll help you if you ask them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The gym is such yeah. a, such a positive and great mm-hmm. place. And, and once an, another thing that, that Mark, the mainstream does is they, they make the gym this place where meatheads are, yeah. where you're afraid to walk in front of somebody's camera. You're afraid right. to, I don't know, take somebody's machine before they're done with it. And, and, and the gym is not like that. If you're, you may see that on Instagram, but if that's you're, not the norm, it's not right. normal. No, especially I, I have been kicked out of a Planet Fitness before, though. Okay, Planet did you set up the lug alarm. I did. Oh no, I did. PF is out of this conversation. Yeah. They're their whole world. <laughs> some yeah. place. But it's good for some people because they didn't. I mean, well, it, I think whatever. it can be less intimidating to some people, at yeah. least in the advertisements. Right? They're like, mm. okay, well, I'll. I won't feel like I'm taking up a space there because everyone there looks the same as me. Right. Everyone there is training the same way as me. Exactly. So you don't feel like you are in the way of Free donuts else. on Monday and Friday's pizza day. Oh, yeah. my gosh. It's I did train place. there for a little bit, and I never went on pizza day. The smell of pizza while exercising. Oh, gosh. What a strange place that is. <laughs> and then they're all inclusive unless you bring a gallon jug in there or uh-huh. lift too heavy. Dare and now, yeah, suddenly we're, you're not inclusive anymore. We're only ju- we're, it's only a non-judgmental zone for people. That the way we do it. Yeah. 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 The way we do it. Yeah. It's so funny. Goodness. Damn. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, this has been exciting and oh, fun. This is fun. Um, yeah. The uh, so what what have we learned so far since? What have we learned? What have we learned? Uh, that's a good question. So what have we the um, scale doesn't tell the whole story. Um, 
often you may not be telling the whole story. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Um, and you're a doctor and your coach and anybody can only help you as much as you're willing to share. That's yeah, right. right. The uh, calorie intake is not the magic pill. Right. Um, we've talked about that a little bit. The uh, You have right to space in the gym as a female just as much as any male and just as much as any person in yeah, the regardless of fitness in the gym. or color of dumbbell you can choose what you want that's, that's right. right you can do the pink ones like tyson or you can get the <laughs> black ones like everybody else um, so that's a uh, it's good to know and uh, make sure and take care of your yourself uh, if you are a woman and you've had a, a pregnancy and been through any part of that pregnancy uh, you want to make sure and, and listen to your body mm-hmm. you want to make sure and listen to your um, fitness and you know professionals Absolutely. and, and if you're healthcare to find professionals. Time for yourself, uh, what I'd be doing is hopping on the Googler and googling some help. Yeah, right. immediately. Yeah, right. And so it's good stuff. Um, Veronica, thank you for being a part of our show Absolutely. today. Thanks for having me. It's been me. a lot of fun, and yeah. um, it's been informative to me. Uh, I learned about vacuum. What's it called? Vacuum. Vacuuming. Just Vac- a stomach vacuum. Stomach vacuum. I'm going to yeah. go get one of those on Amazon yeah. and uh, <laughs> see how that works. <laughs> Not that kind. Okay, good. Um, I'm kidding. So uh, check that out. Isometric holds for um, return. Transverse abdominis. Transverse abdominis for getting back to whatever we consider to be normal right. after a pregnancy. Okay. Right. I learned something new today. I'm excited about that. Well, good. Um, so... Do we have anything else to discuss before we finish? It's a good we question. Hit all the topics. We hit it all? Hit it all. All right. We, everybody is so informed now. <laughs> and uh, so this has been the Progressive Overload Podcast. We are excited that you've li- joined us. Thank you, Veronica, Thank for you. being a part of our show today. Yep. And um, if you are listening, uh, however you're listening, uh, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. Check out all the social media platforms. Don't forget our about our um, Patreon page, how you can support right. us there. And um, it's been a lot of fun to do this. And so we will get back to you next time with some more information. And I don't know. Anything else from anybody else no. across the Thanks table? Thanks again for having us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure. Come train with Veronica. Come train. That's right. She knows what she's doing. Come train with Veronica. Check check her out at the uh, Wellness Swan Center. Family Wellness that's Center. That's right. Or you're also doing some sessions at uh, uh, Snap Fitness in Springtime. Yeah. If okay. You're in, if you're in that area, go check it out either places. All right. Perfect. Cool. All right. Well, thank you again for joining us on the Progressive Overload Podcast, everybody. And we will see you next time. Adios. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Progressive Overload Podcast. We're honored to be a small part of your day. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or are interested in sponsoring our efforts, please feel free to reach out via email. Find us at progressiveoverloadpod at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe and follow our podcast so you'll be notified when our next episode drops. And as always, you can help us reach the masses by sharing our podcast with your friends and family. And then check us out on Facebook and Instagram to follow our own personal journeys and get an inside look on our day-to-day lives.